Hello, this is Justin Williams with the Wolfpacker Podcast. I'm joined today, as always, by editor and co-host, editor of thewolfpacker.com, that is Matt Carter, and it's Rivalry Week. Everybody knows what time it is. If you check Twitter on uh, Monday morning, you'll see a lot of photos tweeted out by NC State fans of you know the old, the old big wolf choking out the little helpless ram or the or the NC State uh, red goldfish swallowing up the smaller Carolina fish. Just you know these graphics to remind, or or, or better yet, just the the past brawls. In this rivalry, this this rivalry knows several end zone brawls. You know, signs of mayhem. You know, these oh. these two teams don't like each other. We know what week it is. It's NC State UNC football week. We're gonna break it down for you. But before we do, some quick housekeeping. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast wherever you listen to us: Apple, Spotify, Google Play. And please subscribe to our YouTube channel. You can catch all of these podcasts on our YouTube channel. Um, You can watch them. You can watch us talk about it. You can see Matt's animation when I say something ridiculous or vice versa. So go to the YouTube channel, subscribe, give this video a thumbs up, drop a comment, and also go to thewolfpacker.com. The Wolfpacker is a part of the On3 network now. If you're a college football fan, you've probably already heard about On3 network, but it's the latest and greatest digital media website collaboration of you know all these different great college sites that you've know and love it's the next greatest thing in college sports if you are a college sports fan you love reading about your favorite team or you just you know eat breathe and die football recruiting basketball recruiting on three is going to be the next destination for you so for just a dollar go over to the wolfpacker.com and you get a year's worth of premium subscription to the On3 network, which includes thewolfpacker.com and the great work that Matt Carter does, the two-decade veteran of the Wolfpack beat. And over two decades, he's seen plenty of NC State, UNC action, whether it's on the football field, the basketball court. I'm sure you've probably been to some other baseball games, several NC State Carolina games. They're always fun to watch. It doesn't matter who's ranked where. It doesn't matter if you know, NC State's supposed to win by 30. If Carolina's supposed to win by 30, you can expect a heated contest. Is that what we should expect on Saturday, Matt? Is this going to the the spread? I've, I've seen the spread open at five. I've seen numbers go up to seven. I think early action might be on the Wolfpack at that five number may have gone up to closer to a touchdown. Do you expect this to be a four-quarter game, or do you think that maybe uh, – one of these teams can, you know, do a knockout punch to end the regular season to the other. They don't like each other. In the last few years, Carolina has been the one handing the knockout punches to NC State. So um, your expectations for what kind of game we'll see on Saturday? It's been a while since they've really been a four-quarter game, right? They were the overtime game of the Reggie Gillespie game, which we talked about in our last podcast. You were one of the few people that – Braved the elements in that and went to that game. Um, so, props on a probably slightly intoxicated Justin Williams in Chapel Hill. I'm guessing potentially. All I saw, in the, all I saw in the end zone was uh, what was Larry Fedora's term for it? Some just some horseplay or uh, they're celebrating. What do what do he say about the brawl at the in, in the end zone? 
I don't remember. I don't remember Glory Fedora was fired the next day. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> uh, and there were some suspensions that came out, obviously. So, um, you know, I, I suspect it'll be a close game. UNC is kind of a unique team in that uh, you can kick their butt for a half and they can come back and, and make it a game on you. Um, so even if NC State were to get off to a good start and, and be in a good position early, you have to account, account for the fact that at any at any moment, UNC can really get back into a football game. They're, they're a very streaky team. So I would count on it being a four-quarter game. But, um, you know, in some ways, I do like the matchup for NC State, I'll be honest. Uh, well, uh, let's, let's start with what you like about the matchup. I mean, you've got to... On paper, it looks like you've got one of the best defenses in the ACC going against one of the ACC's best offenses. However, I will throw in that NC State can consider itself one of the better offenses in the ACC. I don't know if I'd call it one of the best, but I'd say one of the better, maybe top top five. If you look at points per game, NC State ranks fifth in the ACC. North Carolina ranks third. Carolina averages 37 points a game, NC State 33. The big difference here, NC State... Second-best scoring defense in the ACC, 18.7 points per game allowed to opponents. Compare that to Carolina, 11th-best in the ACC, 31.4 points allowed to opponents. Do you think this is going to be a high-scoring affair? Do you think NC State maybe is going to be able to slow down Carolina, make it more of a mucky, lower-scoring game like maybe it wants to do? Yeah, for, I, I, you know, UNC hadn't faced a whole lot of good defenses this year. Virginia Tech is probably you know, quietly a pretty halfway decent defense, and they held UNC in check. I was to seek an opener, so you have to account for that. Uh, Florida State did a pretty good job after the first quarter, and Florida State has really molded itself into a good defense. Um, that was another game where UNC didn't score a lot of points. Um, yeah, they just hadn't really, though, faced a whole lot of really good defenses. I'm trying to pull up their stats here. Give me a second here. All right, let's see. Uh, and and I, Pittsburgh has a pretty solid defense, and they scored 23, and most of that came in the second half. So I think this is the best defense UNC has faced this year. And I think there have been teams that have really slowed UNC down because, truthfully, they don't have proven outside receivers that can consistently – be threats. They have Josh Downs in the slot. He's the best slot receiver maybe in America, but he doesn't have a lot of help. And you know they do have a good running back, and they and Sam Howell's a very tough runner, and has gotten a lot of yards on the ground this year. But you know that kind of plays into the strength of NC State. Um, you know the, there have not been a whole lot of offenses that have had had success against NC State, but I'm going to put. Justin Williams on the spot here. Where would it be the two offenses, maybe the three offenses you say that really had success against NC State's defense this year? Well, we can start recently. Wake Forest certainly had its fair share of success against NC State. Uh, you also have to look at Tyler Van Dyke's performance down in uh, in Miami Gardens, backing yeah, up. Backing up the bulletin board material he gave to that defense, where the defense was, you know, statistically the top in the ACC, he says he's going to light it up, and that's what he did. 
Um, and Mississippi State had its way, too. Nah, but 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 that's not the but 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 that's not the answer you're looking for. You're looking for Louisiana Tech, which, by the way, I looked up Louisiana Tech's record the other day. Good God! I mean, I. After that game, I think I said something. Wow, their schedule really lightens up. I wouldn't be surprised to see that team maybe sneak in the top twenty-five at the end of the year. They lost. They lost like what five and a five in a row after NC State. They're like three and eight right now. Yeah, three and eight. Um, Hit the truth about Mississippi State. I mean, they currently their second fewest output in a game this year came against NC State. I'm trying to back that up and make sure I had that back right real quick. Um, yeah, they had 337 yards of total offense in the game, and that's their second fewest uh, this year. Um, Louisville had a little bit of success, but I, I, I kind of agree with you. The three teams that I thought had the most success against Century State this year were uh, Miami, Louisiana Tech, and Wake Forest. And I'll even throw this against Wake Forest. Actually, that's kind of relatively speaking. Entry State did a pretty good job on defense against Wake Forest. That was the second fewest yards in a game this year. Um, now, third, if you account for overtime, Syracuse and regulation had given up less to Wake Forest, but then in overtime. That one was more about know, the defensive penalties. And the third downs, um, and not getting off the field on third down. Wake Forest is 4.5 yards per play against NC State, was its lowest of the season for Wake Forest. Um, so, but, you know, Miami and Louisiana Tech are kind of outliers of teams that had really good offensive games, particularly in Louisiana Tech's case. And one of the things I think those teams all had in common is that they had really good receiving cores. We talked about Louisiana Tech. Remember, they had all those Power 5 transfers, the Tennessee transferred, and they had the Conference U.S. All-Sunbelt all Conference caliber receivers. Miami had one of the best receiving cores in the country, you know, especially with Charleston Rambo coming over from Oklahoma on the transfer. And Wake Forest had an outstanding receiving core one of the best starting receiving cores in the ACC. I don't think UNC has that. And so while UNC has a great quarterback, he is a great quarterback. You're never going to hear me say anything about Sam Howell being overrated or overhyped. He's a pro. He's tough. He can run. He's athletic. He's not a perfect passer, but he's a pretty darn good passer. Um, yeah, he doesn't. I think the team that moved the ball the best against NC State or the team that have a good receiving core. <clears throat> and that's just not what, you know, UNC had. Partially by injury, Bo Corrales got hurt. They had a couple of kids transfer during the middle of the season. They were supposed to be starters for them. And so they kind of have to rework their receiving core. And so that's kind of why I think the throw in there is not a good offensive line. That's why I think this is a, UNC can't win games without outscoring you most of the time. And you also have to throw in with the with the wide receiver conversation, though. That all three now I don't I I can't pretend to know about Louisiana Tech's quarterback what he's done the rest of the season, but he played a pretty darn good game against NC State. Yes, he had good receiving core, but Miami Tyler Van Dyke and Sam Hartman at Wake Forest. I mean, those are both top caliber ACC quarterbacks as well. So. 
you know, is it the chicken or the egg? Is it the, is it the receiving core? Is it the quarterback? Because if you look at NC State, the quarterbacks that NC State's faced in the ACC outside of Hartman and Van Dyke, the best one is probably Malik Cunningham. He's a run-first kind of guy. NC State's strength kind of plays into that, stopping the run. Beyond that, you got Mackenzie Milton. You didn't get Jordan Travis against Florida State. You got, uh, you know, Boston College's backup. You didn't get Phil Dracovich. So this is also going to be one of the better quarterbacks NC State's faced this year. DJ Uyangalale, he hasn't been great. I mean, these are the quarterbacks NC State has faced. I, I agree with you there, but they're, they're still not the receiving core of of, uh, of Wake Forest. And, um, there, there's no question. Somehow, one of the best best uh, quarterbacks NC State will face. Uh, we didn't know Tyler Van Dyke was good when NC State played Tyler Van Dyke. It's kind of been kind of an emergence, right? That was kind of his breakout game, and he's been on a roll ever since then. Um, Anyway, and, and honestly, Sam Hartman did not have a good day throwing the football against him. No, no he, he didn't. Not, he was not good that day. He got bailed out by A.T. Perry, making a lot of good catches for him. Um, and the tight end made some good catches on third downs uh, for him. Uh, so, you know, uh, Malik Cunningham did not have a good day throwing the football either. And he's actually, you know, I was talking with somebody the other day. I consider Malik Cunningham for all ACC. Oh my God. I mean, I, I probably number four or five on my list right now. Um, Where's Larry? Probably number three. Um, so who, who, who are you leaving out? I get... Hartman would be Hartman and Cunningham are kind of okay. close there with Larry, and then Howell is right there. And, and a normal year, Howell would be, quite frankly, would be an all ACC guy. I think you know. The problem with Sam Howell is, is that he was hyped up to be a Heisman guy, and he hasn't had a Heisman campaign. But that doesn't mean he has not had a really, really good football season. He has. And in normal years, he'd be talked up as a surefire all-conference candidate. But this has been an unbelievable year for quarterback in, in the ACC. It's the one thing the ACC is good at this year. How does, the, how does the ACC have so many good quarterbacks – and it's a and it's a down year. I mean, I know there's three teams ranked in the college football playoff top 25. I, the the answer is that your four programs that are supposed to be your marquee programs aren't the teams that are doing well. You know, Miami, Florida. No, the answer is Nobody got. How many good defenses would you count in the ACC? Well, Clemson's got one of the best. NC State, probably second best. Uh, Pitt is solid. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm talking about the yeah. teams that are the top 25 teams. So Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's the thing. Even Wake Forest, who ranked in the top 25, has a lousy defense. And yeah. So you look at Virginia, lousy defense. Um, yeah, Virginia Tech is solid on defense. Miami's a lousy defense. And the team NC State is playing Friday. Um, not a very good defense. <laughs> that's it also had a – but I will – see, here's They've where had I think – Here's where I think NC State fans are a little bit nervous going into this weekend because you could have said the same thing about Carolina's defense last year. It was lousy. But it looked like the 85 Bears on Saturday afternoon in Keene Stadium last year. Part of that, I know, is that NC State enters that game after the Leary injury that put Bailey Hockman at quarterback. But still, I mean, NC State was blanked on offense last year i know the offense is in a much better place now but but granted carolina's defense stepped up in that game 
To a degree, I think they did. But I also recall that game being a game. I, and you're right, statistically they did. But go back and watch that game. I think it was the first drive where Ricky Poston had an easy first down. And instead of taking the first down, he decided to bust it out laterally. And he ended up losing yards. And it was a three and out. Then on the second possession, Devin Carter dropped a beautifully dropped bomb pass from Bailey Hockman. Um, and it ended up being a three and out. Both of those possessions, probably, if they keep going, we might be thinking differently about. Uh, then the third possession I put on the uh, state coaches, they went back to the Wildcat formation with rookie person on third and short, and everybody and their mother knew what was coming, and UNC stopped. So, um, but then they let Ben Friendly come in and drive, what, two touchdowns right after that? Um, so, but. Well, it, it, it is a UNC defense that has had moments. I won't deny that. Um, but they've had moments also where they yeah. they had a real bad four-game stretch in October to, through Wake Forest in November. And quite frankly, they were lucky that Pittsburgh only ended up with 30. Pittsburgh left so many points on the board in that first half against him in the overtime. Uh, win, and then you, you give up 200 yards rushing the Wofford. I, I know you're probably not into the game that much, but 200 yards rushing the Wofford is not a good... That's that a means, one in, okay, that's a if, one in 10 Wofford team, by the way. That's all you need to tell me. NC State, <laughs> if you can't run for more than 100 yards on Carolina after Wofford, mm-hmm. Wofford, Ran for 200 yards on Carolina. Come on, what are we doing? I think it, I think it is. We're gonna get. I think I think we see north of 20 carries. We have to against. I I don't think I don't think they make the same mistake twice because offense to defense matchup wise, this Carolina defense is kind of comparable to to Wake's defense. I mean, I, I would I would consider Carolina Wake Forest light this season. That's a fair. I I, I thought about that too, and I think that's kind of a fair comparison. Is that they kind of a lighter version of. Uh, Wake Forest, they're a dangerous team now. Don't get me wrong. I mean, that the Wake uh, UNC is a bit of a an enigma. Sometimes you don't even know what you're going to get half to half with UNC. Um, you know, Pittsburgh first half or the Pittsburgh game is UNC in a nutshell. First half, they didn't look like they belonged on the field with Pittsburgh, and quite frankly, they're fortunate that Pittsburgh failed to convert a fourth and short in the red zone. You know, that's a possession. Pittsburgh got a punch in. They're lucky. Uh, not lucky. I think they blocked a kick, but they, they end up blocking a short field goal attempt by Pittsburgh. That You know, if you're Pittsburgh, you're saying that shouldn't happen. And Pitt missed an extra point. So, you know, if you're Pittsburgh, you're thinking we left 11 points and they're up 23-7 at halftime when it really should be like 34-7. And yet in the second half, you know, they pitched a shutout and forced overtime on Pittsburgh. And that's, UNC in a nutshell, and Wake Forest is another example. They were getting their butts kicked through three quarters by Wake Forest. Couldn't stop them at all. And came back in the fourth quarter, and I know, talked to Wake Forest people, they would point to injuries and apparently an offside call that was blatantly missed that proved to be a big play in the game. Um, I I know, Wake Forest. You should be undefeated. You should be number four (laughs) in the college football playoff after beating – one team ranked in the top 25 <laughs> at home by three, but go ahead. Yeah. Um, 
But that, those are kind of, that's UNC in a nutshell. And then they go to Notre Dame and played a pretty competitive game at Notre Dame, to their credit. But they also threw in some clunkers against the Georgia Techs and the Florida States and the Virginia Techs of the world. So I, I don't – those games, I will say, were a while ago. Um, they hadn't really thrown in kind of a clunker since then. So I would expect they're going to get a pretty decent version of UNC, but it's a UNC team that has limitations that NC State may be able to play play well against. Yeah, I think that I think that's what gives you reason for nerves going into the weekend because you look at you look at Mac Brown's just you know recent tenure here at Carolina. The games where Carolina has stepped up the most and looked like this, you know, look has lived up to the expectations of these top 10 preseason rankings and all these, you know, four-star, even five-star recruits signing up to play in Chapel Hill have been the games against in-state opponents. I mean, Carolina played a really good game against Wake Forest. They had to be offensively great. I know Wake Forest defense sucks. It's not going to be like that on Saturday. NC State's defense would not let that happen. But, you know... Carolina is going to go into this game motivated. You look at the past two years, NC State, Carolina, Carolina's won in blowout fashion, and also Carolina's played probably their best game of the regular season against NC State the last two years. Like Carolina was good but not great last year. Other than the Miami blowout win, Carolina was probably the best version of itself against NC State. The year before that, Carolina had to win that game to be bowl eligible. That led into a blowout win and you know, whatever – mediocre bowl they ended up going to but but that was a game going into that you know the 2019 season nc state that was a down year for nc state but you know nc state went into that game thinking it was going to be a close game so we gotta remember that was the last game of the year um of a miserable year for nc state and it was actually tied at halftime it, it was it was a, it was actually it was a good game for the first half and then i think yeah and then Carolina UNC just, blitzed, yeah blitzed them in the third quarter but that, that same thing that happened to louisville i think the week before or, or at georgia tech you know they fell way behind and came back i mean that but that that was a lost year for you and for nc state and your last year you know you gotta remember the time and circumstances of when that game took place and losing devin leary and I'm sure it was a shock to their confidence going into that game. Um, but those UNC team had great skill talent, unbelievable skill talent. Last I checked, Javante Williams doing pretty good in the NFL, isn't he? So is Michael Carter. So so is Michael Carter. No, no, I'm a terrible fantasy player, so I traded him away uh, before the season started for Jerry Judy, who um, was hurt in week one. So there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, right. So, and then Diami Brown, I think he's in the NFL right now, right? Um, he is. He is. Yeah. So that's a lot of skill talent they lost. It is. To the NFL. And um, they have good skill talent now. I, I think Ty Chandler's done a nice job filling in for the running back, but he's one, and they needed two of them to, to match what they, those guys gave them. And, you know, Josh Downs has certainly stepped up, but that kind of replaces Daz Newsom and a little bit of. Diami Brown, but not a lot, and they just don't have that, you know, the the, the receivers to just touch the vote. I mean, the outside receivers, 
it's a work in progress for them. I'm sure they'll be good in time, but right now it's a work in progress. And those are the teams that NC State had a hard time defending Charleston Rambo, right, from Oklahoma State. They had a real hard time defending A.T. Perry at Wake Forest. Um, there's no outside receiver like that. Now, the big question is, can they defend Josh Downs? That's going to be a challenge. But um, you do wonder if they might go into the game just saying, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll heavily focus on Downs and make the other receivers prove that they can – they can beat us. You you bring up a good point, which, which I kind of want to wrap this up with. You know, you think about NC State clearly has the better defense in this matchup. I don't think anybody questions that. Carolina fans, State fans, they agree on that. And I think if you took a poll of most college football fans, more would answer that Carolina has the superior offense to NC State. And I do. St- statistically, they do. But the yeah. difference, I don't – what, the point I'm trying to make here is I don't think that the gap between NC State's offense and Carolina's offense is as wide as many would suspect it would be because if you actually if you break it down, NC State, of course, as we've talked about all season, has been disappointing on run offense, but it's been tremendous in the passing game. Actually, NC State is a better passing offense than Carolina's. NC State averages 292 yards per game through the air Carolina just 270 now Carolina's right behind NC State in the ACC rankings NC State fifth in the ACC Carolina six NC State 31 touchdowns to the air Carolina 24 so you know you think about Sam Howell you think about the dynamic quarterback Carolina's making more of its money on the ground Carolina's rushing attack is certainly superior to NC State's statistically this season Carolina's got the third best rushing attack in the ACC one of three teams to average more than 200 yards per game but but that matches up well with nc state because nc state when it has faced good rushing teams it has been able to stop the run so i think you know defensively they're going to go into this game shutting down the run and saying sam how you know you, you got to throw for 400 yards to beat us buddy yeah i don't think that's you know and let's be clear i think unc has an offense that even if nc state's up 24 to 7 in the third quarter you shouldn't be breathing easy I mean that's what Sam Howell probably almost feel like this is his last game I doubt he's going to play in a bowl game or you know however it ends up for UNC I mean they're six and six or they beat state they're seven and five they're not going to a great bowl game why would Sam Howell risk anything he's already missed one game with an injury you know he walked on senior Day, it's pretty clear he's going to turn pro. So this may be Sam Howell's last game. And what's his trademark at UNC? The guy just had an unbelievable knack of leading team back in the second half. He's been doing it since he was a freshman. Just ask Wake Forest. He's done it three times to Wake Forest, twice for wins. And the third time nearly a win in Winston-Salem. So um, that's what he does. You can't rest easy. It is a good offense, but I think really the key to this game is NC State's offensive execution. Uh, the game plan and the execution of said game plan. Does the game plan commit to trying to run the football on UNC? Because you can run it on UNC. They, get, they give up an average of over 170 yards rushing per game. Can you, uh, are your receivers and quarterback going to have a good day? Sometimes it's just a bad day. 
I hope it doesn't come on Friday if you're in Tuesday, but sometimes quarterback just isn't feeling it or receivers are just dropping passes. Uh, we've seen that from NC State this year. But if that's not the case, and NC State is executing, they should score. And how much are they going to score is the question? Because, you know, it's kind of an offense that's been kind of stuck in giving you 28 to 35 points of its own per game, right? Because, you know, you go back to the Boston College game, it was 33-7, but seven of that came on a uh, return bots fumble. Uh, punt. Remember that? The punt had dropped the punt. Yep. Picked it up. So really the offense accounted for 26. You know, Miami, they got 30. Louisville, 28. Florida State, 28. Wake Forest, really with 35. Of course, seven of them came on a kickoff return. Syracuse, it was really, uh, it was, uh, really 27. They had two non-offensive touchdowns in that game. So, you know, I think if they get up into 30 to 35 points, that could be enough to win the game. But this is a team that I wouldn't want to test that against. I, I think if you're NC State, you wouldn't mind the offense having one of its better scoring days just to be safe, maybe getting up to 38 points credited to the offense. Um, you know, you, you can't rely on non-offensive touchdowns to pad your scoring, <laughs> your scoring output every game. You mentioned uh... – you mentioned the scenario of just, you know, the quarterbacks or, and the wide receivers maybe just having a bad day. Has Devin Leary had a bad day all season? I think he's had okay days, and he's had days that are better than others, but I don't yeah. think he's had a bad day all season. Yeah, I think some people would point to I'm, I'm pulling up the game by game. Um, I mean, maybe Mississippi State was a little yeah, bit of a struggle. Say that, that might be, and I didn't think he played as bad as other people. I mean, that was more of an offensive line uh, issue in that game. That was a Mississippi State's front was just better that day. Yeah, and that was the game where um, State missed opportunities early in the game, and and it would have been a different game. Um, but you look at the numbers, and truthfully, yeah, no, I never really hadn't hadn't had a whole lot of bad games. They just He's, hadn't. They, Completed at least. The Miami game is probably statistically, from an accuracy standpoint, his least effective, but you know, we're not going to pick on anybody. There were several drops in that game that if they caught, like they should have been, his accuracy number looks better. So, um, one other thing to mention is UNC is missing one of its most important defensive players, and I know NC State fans would say big whoop. Meet Isaiah Moore, Peyton Wilson, CJ Clark. You know, not all whole games. So they're not going to cry over over that. But they UNC defense isn't as deep as NC State defense, and they they lost their nickel slash safety Conley, an important player in that defense. Um, and so you know that'll be something interesting to watch. UNC does have good corners. It's another reason to think about running the football. They actually do have a pretty good group of corners, young corners who have NFL caliber talent. So. Um, that's where you, another reason why you might consider doing what other teams have done well against them, and that's that's run the football stuff. So. Run the run the damn ball. I love it. I think <laughs> I left that hat in Raleigh. I need to need to pick it up this week. Uh, can we before we wrap up this podcast? Can we put on our tinfoil hats for just a second, Matt? Just a second, because last year 
we had the crazy, you know, the B the B line storyline of what if Ben Finley gets in the game? What if what if NC State secretly starts Ben Finley in the Carolina game last year and he becomes an NC State hero, has the you know the debut of his life and leads NC State to a victory? We, that was that was if we can take ourselves back to last year, that was whispered in the message boards of NC State fandom. <laughs> okay. Fast forward to this year, we've got the Sam Howell injury question mark. He didn't play last week. He's expected to play this week. I think everybody expects him to play this week. Dave Dorn said in his press conference that they're preparing for Sam Howell, but they're also doing a little bit of preparation on some of the other guys, too. What if Sam Howell doesn't play in this game, Drake May gets the start, and as we can fondly remember, NC State fans, his brother Luke had quite the debut against NC State, which I'm, I'm drawing a blank on the specific scenario of that game, Matt, but didn't Luke May have some sort of heartbreaking debut in PNC Arena or something? Is that, does that sound Luke May to did you? a lot of things in PNC Arena that aggravated the hell out of NC State fans. So, yeah, the May family would love to continue that torturous path. I don't think that's going to happen, though. Honestly, Um how not going to miss this game unless he has a broken collarbone. And I'll say that some people said maybe Mac Brown playing media games. That's just not how Mac Brown works. Um, he's media savvy and he knows you don't lie openly to the media. Um, that's just not his MO. He's a former media guy himself. Um, he, he working the media is part of Mac, what Matt Brown does best. To his credit, I'm not trying to say that with a negative connotation by any stress. It's, it's it's a, it's a good skill to have. I don't think that's the path he takes. And if he did not play, if, if maybe he's out there and gives it a try and realize I can't play, I think they would go with the, uh, Jacoby Quizwell just because he can move around. And you know, it's not a good UNC offensive line. They, they were one of, among the worst in the country and giving up sacks this year. Um, Luke, Drake, uh, Drake May, not known for being a, a mobile quarterback. Um, at least he wasn't in high school, at least. Quidwell certainly is athletic. And so, looking up the stats real quickly, only five teams give up more sacks per game in college football than UNC out of 130 at the FBS level. So, All right, And that's with Sam Howell probably avoiding multiple sacks per game so um it's a good game to get after the quarterback daniel joseph <laughs> senior game Corey durden senior game some seniors on that defensive front are going to want to eat so we will see yeah. if they're able to and to the good to the good fortunes of nc state fans the uh, the tinfoil hat scenario matt matt objected to that last year he was right last year so <laughs> i imagine that he will be right once again this year we will see. Looking forward to it. Bundle up, Wolfpack fans. Going to be a chilly Friday night. Uh, hopefully, you, you know, put on a little bit of weight for Thanksgiving. Add to the protection and warmth. But uh, you know, you got to stay for four quarters. We'll see. You never know what can happen in these games. So uh, we'll see how it ends up. And uh, of course, the next day, put on your uh, Boston College caps. Root for the Eagles if NC State. Yes, they will. Yeah, yeah, I think we mentioned it plenty on the last podcast. We didn't mention it in this one, but everybody knows if, if State wins and Boston College beats.
beats Wake Forest, then NC State will go to the ACC championship game, and that's what everybody wants. So hopefully it'll happen. Uh, That's going to do it for this podcast. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to us. We're on Apple, Spotify, Google Play, everywhere you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube where you can watch these podcasts. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already. Give this video a thumbs up, and please drop a comment while you're at it. Give us a follow on social media. At the Wolfpacker is our main account on Twitter. You can follow me personally at Justin H. Will on Twitter. And give us a like on Facebook, NC State Wolfpack, on thewolfpacker.com. So for Matt Carter, this is Justin Williams, and this has been the Wolfpacker Podcast.